0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport.
1: Powered by fans.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: The Talk Sport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident.
3: Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history or maybe you're new here. So here's a few things to jog your memory.
0: Here is Vose. Great job by Don Vose. And still, Vose. He gets past another. Oh, what a goal! Don Vose! One of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable The boys boys getting involved. Jennings. The captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer, 13 for the season, 14, Wrexham lead, it's Wrexham work, Chester now. it's McDonald for Wrexham, still Jerry McDonald. it's
4: Pat coming in, McDonald round the keeper, Wrexham, Wrexham, to the lead ladies, if yesterday was a block!
0: hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast, another bumper edition for you this week. I'm Rich Faye, not joined by Nathan Salt, who's busy, he's preoccupied for this week, but he has got us a chat with a Dagenham correspondent for later in the pod, so we're able to get the view on their season so far and what to expect when we play them this weekend. But I'm delighted to say I am joined by North Wales' latest journalist, the new man on the patch, Tommy Cows. How are you doing? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm all right, thanks mate. I was panicking for a minute. I thought you were describing me as the Dagenham rep- rep- uh, representative. So I was thinking, yeah, it's not, I need to brush up on that. But uh, no, yeah, it feels surreal to um, to be uh, described as a journalist. Still, I'm three days into the job. Um, already managed to upset our manager. Um, but apart from that, it's going well. Uh, if
0: anyone's not seen it so far on Tom's uh, Twitter feed, you asked Parky a quite straightforward question last night, and I guess before we get onto that, you were there at Grimsby. It was a grim result, you know, three one defeat, the first defeat under Parkinson as well in a in a proper competitive match. What did you actually make of the performance? I wasn't there myself, but for you know, we had another good following but sadly we didn't have a, the result to go with it.
1: Yeah, it was it was um it was quite a disappointing night all round really. Um I mean heard that um that Redmond was coming into the side and um and yeah there, there was a mixture between us. We thought it was a bit of a dodgy call, to be honest um, but at the same time we'd heard he'd been training really well and stuff like that um, but um but yeah it, I think um you know he was he was a peripheral figure. he didn't really get in, involved at all. Um, I think the first 20 minutes uh we we did. What we've been doing quite a lot this season, and been trying to just uh, keep it tight and go and direct, um, but that sort of allowed Grimsby to play their way into the game a little bit, and um, and they just carried on, um, they just carried on throughout the game. I think they dominated most of the game. Uh, we had a few half chances here and there. We created a few bits and bobs, but uh, no, it was a really disappointing night from us, and um, it was it was hard to pick a man of the match. Really, uh, possibly Jake Hyde, but he went off early. Um but yeah, it was it was a it was a tough night all round.
0: Redmond I think he played the Wrexham under twenty threes played against Man United under seventeens on, on Saturday in a the match and they lost two nil there and I think it was the likes of Redmond, Jarvis, Bryce Azana, Brizley all got a bit of a run out. So, you know, there were those sort of feelings behind the ground. But yeah, on Redmond it did seem absolutely bizarre that he started because the contract in the summer was weird, wasn't it? The fact that he played forty two minutes last season. Yeah. Les Reed and Parkey obviously like him. But then you've got this sort of peripheral centre-attacker mid-talent who, you know, everyone sort of says he's he's got this sort of unexpected Don Vos in him, you know, where he can he can make things happen out of nowhere. But even, you know, the formation we go with, Tom, like, what do you make of it? Because for me, it seems like we're playing 3-5-2, but with like players who don't fit that system at all. And last night just sounded like it was long ball, long ball, long
1: ball, and no one getting on the end of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I... <laughs> It's almost like uh, it's almost like the modern way now to do like a three-five-two with your, with your wing backs pushing on. But I don't like it personally. Um, I, I think I think half the time your wing backs end up, which which is exactly what happened last night. Your wing backs end up being in no man's land. They're neither attacking nor defending. They're just in no man's land. Um, for, for me, I, I don't want to go to too much uh you know i've had limited management management experience but I, I i i think we would be much better off going with a flat back four and uh three in midfield and three up top um because as it stands at the moment we're not getting any service to our front two and um and that's what i, I alluded to really in the, when i asked parky that question last night um is because we we've got two absolute fantastic talents up top who are spending half the game chasing shadows, and it's very frustrating to watch. And it's, you know, if last night was a one-off, you, you could sort of say, well, you know, sometimes you go to Grimsby; it's a tough place to go. Sometimes it's not your night. But I think it's been, a, I think we have been generally disappointing so far. I think we've got absolute. I think we've got probably some of the best players we've had in a long, long time. Certainly since the the, uh, the ninety-eight point season, I would say. But we're not quite clicking into gear at the moment um and yeah so like i say i asked Par- Parky the question he didn't like it at all uh but <laughs> um yeah um you know saturday is a massive game now uh, you know you're talking even in these early days and hey it's not for me to put pressure on the manager at all that'd be ridiculous i said like i said on twitter before i'm fully behind him i think i think he will be a really good manager for us when he gets it um when, when we find our right formula. But if we lose on Saturday, there's going to be a bit of pressure on him there, isn't
0: there? Yeah, if we lose on Saturday, we will be 10 points behind Agnum. And that already looks like a massive gap, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it is a marathon, not a sprint. Everyone knows that. We're, we're only six games into the season now, so it seems a bit harsh to be too critical, yeah. doesn't it? Because, yeah. like, you know, there's been that mitigation in some of the games. and you know, Like the Knots game, we absolutely battered them. We should have won that. Then you're on 12 points, and, you know, they've dropped below us as well, so... Like you said, there, there is a lot long way to go. We had the Soliol last-minute equaliser, which is typical Wrexham. So, you know, I think you've, we've got to give him that, that you know, lenience so far, haven't yeah. we? But what have you just made of us this season then, Tom? Because you, you said that maybe if we went four three, three, I'm almost worried that we've not got the players to do, so I don't know who'd go out wide. Yeah. I mean, McClindon sounds like someone that can play out wide, and Parky said that when he signed, that, you know, he can play on the wing if needed. Mullen, I know he'd come in as that sort of the striker hasn't he but to me he looks so good with the link-up play we saw that with the assist at Woking for davis and yeah i think that you could play you know Mullin out wide if you had to but is that getting the best out of play you've 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 stolen from league
1: one mm. yeah no i completely agree with what you just said i think um, i think for me if you are going to go a 4-3-3 i think for me it has to be a top three of um of dior angus uh Mullen and Hyde. now which way round you do them obviously dior can't play down the middle but you have to try and decide which of the two you're going to put down the middle. For me, it's probably Hyde, um, with Mellon maybe to the right or to the left, um, and Dior Angus along, alongside them. Uh, that, that's just my opinion. I, I don't think he will do that. I think he will persist with, with the system that he has been using. But <laughs> my, cons- my concern is, and my point is, that we've got so much firepower up, up top that we don't seem to be utilising it very well at the moment. You know, when you've got your likes of Hyde, who is a who is a top player at conference level, you've got Mullin, who's a League One slash Championship player in theory, um, and you're you're asking these guys to chase shadows, and you know that we're not getting them anywhere near enough of the ball. You don't want Mullen you know, receiving the ball on the halfway line. You want Mullin, you want Hyde. Hyde showed last night, by the way, what he can do with the service because uh, there was he, he actually scored. He scored the second, but it was off. It was called offside, which was a fantastic finish. Um, and uh, and yeah, he, he showed what he can do last night. Hyde, he's he's a real player. Mullin, we know we've seen flashes so far. He he's awesome. If. But I can say, these guys, M- Mullen can't score. You know, you're asking Mullen to score wonder goals every week. It's not going to happen. Um, no, exactly. We need
0: to... And even last season, he wasn't scoring wonder goals every week. No. He was just really clinical. No. He did, wasn't he? I know he scored a variety of goals, yeah. but like you said, it's just that service there, which yeah. doesn't seem to be getting it. And then that also brings into question, and I'm going, not going through you under the bus for this one too much, but the actual midfield setup. Do you What What would be your midfield free? Because I, I've seen a lot of hate for for some of the players at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, there's been calls for certain ones to be dropped. Yeah. And, I, you know, I like I said, I think that is harsh because, you know, it's so early in the season. Yeah. But for you, who, who would be your midfield
1: three? Well, by, by the way, I think some of the talk of uh, Luke Young last night has been completely bang out of order. Uh, I thought, hey, he wasn't at his best last night, but he wasn't anywhere near the worst player on the park. And, and yeah, I've seen, like, actual, like, horrible comments about him. This guy was our player of the season last year. You know, you don't yeah. become a bad player overnight. I really like Luke Young because he's the sort of guy that when the chips are down, he never shies away. Uh, and I th- No, he's got a bit of the sort of Jay Harris yes. about him, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. He has. He kept, you know, obviously, I was sat in the bloody prawns sandwich area one I last night you, you can see the game differently like you know usually I'm half cut behind the goal and stuff like that but I, I, I was watching <laughs> that half game you were half cut in the prawn, the prawn <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I'd, I'd had about nine <laughs> coffees by kickoff so I was, uh, I was shaking like man no but um, no he was uh, he was always offering right until the final whistle now hey he didn't have his best game in a Wrexham shirt we know that but you know to have a go at guys like that who are, who are you know putting their head above the parapet trying to do something trying to until the final whistle not giving up you know he deserves a bit more respect i think but yeah sorry uh went off on one a little bit there uh, to go back your midfield three uh, i mean jordan davis of the left of the three i'd have luke young in there um it was still light. i mean J- james jones hasn't hasn't quite done it yet has he um
0: no, I mean again. If that Knox County goal stands, which it looked like it should yeah. have done, that could be something, couldn't yeah. it? He, yeah.
1: he—he he just seems a
0: bit too similar to Young for me. Yeah, I, I think I should think it should be either or, but the problem is we have got them and they're both quite similar. Yeah, yeah,
1: I agree. Um, yeah, I'd, unfortunately, I think it, it probably it probably does have to be him as the third one if, if we're playing that system. Um, but it's see for me. I I wonder sometimes. I was watching the game last night. I wonder. Are we playing three centre halves so that Tozer can disappear to take these throw-ins?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, what I was going to sort of bring on to anyway is the fact that when we did this podcast in the summer, we're talking to Sunderland fans. You know, we're talking to Bolton fans. They're all saying that Parky football it ain't attractive, yeah, but it's effective. It's long ball, and you know, okay, we've spoken about that. But it's the fact that we've been told that he's got this sort of build from the back mentality and this really good defensive solidity. Conceded three goals again last night, conceded eight and six games so far. I just, I'm just worried by the defence really, because that's where we've got star men and we've got a football league defence, yeah. but we're still leaking really cheap goals. And yeah, I'm not too sure. And again, the, the toes along throws. When I watched that, that game against Notts County, that was the first one I've been to all season in person, it was like, it was great to see that when you get the ball in the last few minutes of a game, instead of having crap throw ins, you can just launch one into the box and keep it alive. It's like, effectively having another 5-10 corners in the game yeah. but then we weren't we don't have the players to sort of capitalize on it and we don't seem to have actually worked out sort of set piece strategies where when he throws the ball players move around it just seems to be lumping it into the box and yeah. that's what's worried me so far to be honest it's the fact that it doesn't seem to be too much of a plan other than just whack it into the area so I thought I personally just thought free at the back was because Parkey loves playing that way and he, in record and you know green and french and hall johnson you've got some really good full backs there and like i think we both said last season didn't we that hall johnson was one of the players of the season yeah. probably the best sort of wing back since obeng but then do you really need that luxury i don't know if you if you do need to indulge in that that much because like you said four at the backs surely is just the way to get back to basics which we need yeah. now
1: yeah i mean i i i, I don't really know. i i used to like uh Chris Coleman's five at the back because it was a really catchy chant with Wales. <laughs> but uh, but it was, uh, I, I'm not a massive fan of it, I've got to say. Um, but, yeah, I, I think everything you've said there is spot on, Rich. I think um, yeah, I, I think we, we have got excellent fullback. I think Tyler French has, has been probably one of our best players so far this season. Um, yeah, but um really good. Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, I think record's been good as well. He's a bit up and down record, but he's... he's He looks better this year, I think. I think he looks better this year, personally. Um, But yeah, it's this system. Going back to the system, and I think you're right. To me, what you said the spots are, I don't. It doesn't look to me as if they do actually do a lot of work on these long throws. It is just a case of, well, let's just launch it into there and you know see what happens, sort of thing. I think if you've got a tool like that, I think you have to probably uh, work hard on it. Hey, may- maybe they do and it just hasn't come off yet. You don't know, you know, luck plays a part as well. But um, yeah, it, it hasn't. I, I said to um, I said to Rich the leader last night, I said, uh, you know, I think we've had about 25 or 30 long throws this season. And I don't even think we've had an attempt off goal off any of them. No, so, exactly. so, It just seems you know, like it, lumping it yeah. in and
0: hoping something happens, doesn't it? Which, again, Tozer, we've been sold this dream that, you know, I think he got like 15 goal contributions, whatever, for Cambridge last season. Because they worked on it and there was yeah. always players moving about and you had that man. And then you also wonder, have we got the, the strikers? McAllister looks a tall lad. I know we've got Mullin and, and Hyde, but to me they look better finishers when the ball's on the floor. And I just don't know if we've got that sort of big... yeah unit who who we're aiming for I don't even know who that who that outlet would necessarily be because like you said the centre-backs don't always seem to come up either so I'm not quite sure what what's happening there but like I said I think because it is six games in we we have to give them mitigation for now and and just hope that you know we get a long ball goal at at the weekend and that can sort of get the ball rolling again because it still feels doesn't it so that the season's not had that lift-off moment, no. you know. The Woken win was great, and the crowd was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so good to see the crowd packed like that, and, you know. Even the lower end of the tech end, yeah. full was just great. Yeah. But it still, wasn't quite the performance that you know you need to get those fans coming back all season.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think um, you know the, the, we're st- we still riding the uh, the crest of a wave with the, the, um, the sort of expectation aspect and, and the excitement aspect. Uh, in terms of the fans but yeah I mean yeah it, I 100% what you just said there we we haven't we haven't put together a 90 minutes yet that no, I can't think of no. one game where the Eastley game we we won that game very comfortably but we didn't we never really got out of second gear which is good in itself I, I was after that game I was actually like, right I mean when we click we're gonna be absolutely brilliant but yeah. since that game we, we just haven't we just haven't kicked on since that game because like I say, we went down to Eastley and they didn't even lay a glove on us. We went 2 0 and it was it was easy. Um but yeah, since then it has been very frustrating actually to watch. The only game I didn't <laughs> see was the... I didn't go to the South End game, but I've been to all the others. Um and, yeah. you know, and
0: again that sounds from I know Nath went and so did friend of the show James Kelly and they said it was quite similar in that we were absolutely crap for about an hour or so but then the quality the individual talent got us out and we looked good on the break yeah you know, we could have won it at the other end but still the fact that you said that every performance there's been a good 20-30 minute chunk where we've just not been at it yeah
1: yeah 100% and and, and those those are the like half an hour periods that kill you aren't they uh, much much like what you just said there like you, you can be you can be poor for 60 minutes and you know, you can have that half an hour, and like like we did South Then we got oh, wow. a result. Listen, it, it's it's not ideal that we've played four away games and played only played at home twice either. That that doesn't help things. It probably makes the league table look a little bit worse than what it is. But I think the expectation and stuff now, like I say, it it's got to, people people always say, don't they? After ten games, the the league starts to take shape. Then doesn't it? and yeah. at, at this stage you know after 10 games what are we looking at it, it doesn't look as if as if we're going to be right up there challenging after 10 games at the moment does it
0: no exactly but then like you said it's it's difficult to know which teams are the real deal and who are the pretenders at this stage as well because
1: you know some of
0: those points could look like good points you know south end away at the end of the season could look like a good point although it doesn't at the moment the Woking win could look really impressive, yeah. you know. You just never know, do you? So, like I said, I think you've got to wait till ten games in or so. But yeah, the Grimsby Town game was not a memorable away day for the loyal Wrexham contingent who made the trip there. But Tommy, like you said, three days into the new job, how have you found that transition into being sort of going from the fan to the journo Particularly because last season, like all of us, we had to rely on the social media to get our Wrexham fixed didn't we? So, yeah. has that Sort of influence the way you you approach it, you know. You're asking these questions that fans maybe don't always get, and you know you're going in quite a like you said you might not be on Parky's Christmas card wish list, list, yeah. But uh, how how's it been for
1: you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Um, yeah, it's it's it is weird because you know I'm I'm not a journalist. I've never been a journalist, but I found myself working as a journalist. It's a mad situation, <laughs> but yeah, I've I've been very lucky, and um, you know the guys at the Daily Post have given me. Uh, give me a shot, which I'm, I'm very thankful for. Uh, but yeah, it, at the moment, it does feel strange. I'm still, I was in, you know, I was obviously in the Grimsby stand last night where it was absolutely packed out and, you know, I, I had to sort of like stay in my seat when we scored, when Hyde put that one in and it, it's weird, it is weird at the moment. Um, at the home games, obviously, I'm going to be my uh, my same uh, <laughs> animated self. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be braver at home games, I think. But um, yeah, it's just little things like that, really. And uh, just going back to the questions, I mean, um, yeah, like I say, I was, I was, I was as frustrated as anyone. Listen, you know, I'm sure, sure Parky himself, Park, Phil Parkinson, is going to be really frustrated, more so than anyone. But you know, I, I think sometimes there's there's questions that need to be asked, and you know. It, unfortunately, if, if that doesn't go down well, well you know it, that's that's just that's just bad luck because I'm just gonna carry on asking these questions. To be fair, I you know I gave Dean, Dean Keats enough stick last year and you know I, I like I always say, I never had anything against Dean Keats. I loved him as a player. I just didn't like what i was seeing on the field and um, you know I, I still stand by the, the you know I think it was the correct decision to to let him go unfortunately. Um, and you know, I think it was right that he went, and he goes. You know, he sort of left with our be- best wishes and stuff like that. Um, I think Parky's going to be a, a good manager for Exxon I really do. I think he will get it right. We're talking early days. He's finding finding his feet and stuff like that. But uh, as we know, you know, we're, we're all we're all desperate, aren't we? Rich to get out of this league now, and you know, yeah, whether you whether the Exim pressures not isn't
0: it? because yeah. You know, I mean yeah it is that expectation and
1: yeah i I actually think in many ways um I think in many ways the fact that we've we've spent a bit of money and uh uh we've we've bought these fantastic players in um I actually think it it might it, in a weird sort of way I know it's the opposite of what you might think it might actually relieve the pressure on Parky a little bit because I think people will be conscious that these lads will come good. I think whereas last year, I think maybe, you know, Keats was maybe a little bit unfortunate uh, to be under pressure as much as he was from people like me, <laughs> idiots like me. But um, <laughs> I think maybe that was because we were all just frustrated about the whole sort of thing. You know, we knew that we, you know, we had good lads, but not not fantastic players. I think we all know now that we have got a, group, a fantastic group of players, group of individuals. Yeah. And We're just... We're conscious that, obviously, you know, we've spent this money. We, we should be doing a lot better than we are currently. But I think we all sort of know in the back of our minds that we, we are going to come good at some point, I think, if that makes sense. That might not make any sense yeah, exactly. at all. no i think it doesn't like you you know
0: any manager will say momentum won't they that'll be the buzzword, and we'll probably hear consistency and all that crap in the next few weeks won't we but it is true and once you go into that and once we first got our first two or three wins in a row going that's when it really starts to build and that's when even if they have an off day it's football league players having an off day playing against national league players so the difference will tell and then we'll be able to get the gritty wins and i think another thing as well when we play crap and win a yeah. match that'll be a huge confidence boost because you know everyone be saying that's what champions do and stuff and and all that and in on, on terms of being a journalist as well I was always told I think Mark Griffiths told me when I started at the media for them it was like wins don't feel as high but then losses don't feel as low when you're sort of reporting on the yeah. match because you are a bit away from it all aren't you yeah. you're there to do a job and like you said you can't go to the pub afterwards I mean you can do if you want but yeah. I'm not sure it'll be the advice. Up, but, uh, no, probably, yeah. I guess the the news as well that uh, you are going to remain Tommy Cows. Is that a world exclusive? Or... Yes.
1: Yeah. That's that's an exclusive to, to this show. I thought I'd come on the show to <laughs> to let people know I'm staying as Cows. I've cleared it with the uh, with the powers that be, and, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm never changing. I'm going to be Cows forever. Um, long live Sandringham Creamery. <laughs> First time it's been shouted out on the podcast. Really? It might be the last. But if they were
0: the sponsors. Yeah. You know, well, got, unfo- got unfortunately, the they
1: uh, they ceased to exist in 2018. So I don't I don't think the sponsorship <laughs> will be uh, forthcoming, mate. Unfortunately.
0: Maybe it's because they were pumping too much money into into small time podcasts. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, we'll yeah. we'll recover that on another week's show. But uh, yeah. and in terms of following you as well, before we get onto the Dagnum stuff, how can how can Wrexham supporters follow you this season and follow all the Daily Post coverage?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, the the Twitter page. I'll, I'll be staying on my uh, Tommy Kous at Tommy Kouse on Twitter, um, and uh, yeah, Daily Post Sport on Twitter as well, and on Facebook we've got the uh, Wrexham AFC Daily Post Facebook page, um, which um hasn't got anywhere near as much followers as it should but i'm hoping to turn that around so uh if you'd all go on there i know that we're expecting are we expecting a hundred thousand to listen to this or how much rich
0: at least yeah, yeah it's, it's got to be one of the busier weeks this so yeah, yeah you get more than that don't good worry. stuff
1: mate so uh yeah hopefully i can turn that around and that'll keep me in a job for a little bit longer hopefully
0: well ryan reynolds followed the pod account this week so this could be heard in hollywood oh. and we might have to uh you know, this could be the this could be the big making of the show. I, I don't think it will be. Does, but, does he uh, does knows? he
1: follow fearless? Do we know that? What?
0: I've not checked. And I <laughs> Don't want to start a grudge match.
1: Want no, to start a grudge I'm just match. I'm just winding Tim up. Don't worry about it. Just winding him up. If he's listened this far, he might have tuned off when he saw the guest. too. You know, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, do you know what? He wouldn't have even tuned in if he saw the guest, mate. Don't worry about that.
0: So uh, this weekend, Dagnum. and the, ahead of the game, Nathan has gone out of his way. He can't be on the pod this week, but he's spoken to. Dagenham vlogger, Keane Handley, who's given us the lowdown on the daggers. Of course, we played them on the last day last season. It's when it all sort of... We thought we might get the playoffs, but I think we all knew deep down it was never going to be a successful campaign if we did anyway. But yeah, this is the view from the top. Dagenham and Redbridge still unbeaten in the National League this season. Five wins from six and one draw as well. Top goal scorers in the league with 17. They've conceded as many goals as Wrexham, though, with eight. And this is
3: what Keane Handley had to say as we said as rich said in the show uh i'm away this week but uh have had a chance to chat to a Dagenham fan get that Dagenham perspective i'm with keen a Dagenham blogger keen thanks for coming on to the rob ryan red podcast talk to us a bit about Dagenham then Great start to the season, amazing start from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Wrexham fans, it's still quite raw. That final day of last season on the Dean Keats when Dagenham ruined our uh, promotion <laughs> uh, promotion hopes, playoff hopes on the last day. Um, you're coming up to the race yeah. course this time. What can we expect? What's changed between then and now?
4: Well, I think the good thing for, from a Dagenham's perspective is not much has changed really. With We've been hoping for continu- continuity for quite a while now. Um, like season after season, we've had lots of players come and go, but this summer we've kept our core group of players that ended last season really well. So that is um, a big positive, and ob- obviously you can see with the results we've had: one, five, drawn one. It's an incredible start, and it's incredible how like um, how well we've done. But not surprising in a way, considering how we did finish last season, and that result against the strong Wrexham team at the at the last day of last season as well.
3: Mm. And you know, obviously, it was a big statement win to start the season away at Stockport. I mean, <clears throat> what what is the expect or what was the expectation going into the season for Dagenham? Was it a playoff push? Was it sort of a top three? I mean, where did fans realistically think this squad yeah, could go? Yeah, I mean,
4: yeah, I'll say that. It wasn't too surprising, but the way we started, I think the Dagman fans were, if we would have been content with playoffs, um, obviously there's still a long way to go, but I think in and around the playoffs at Christmas would, would have been satisfactory for us, really. Mm-hmm. So, that's not cool.
3: Go on, no, I was just going to say about, you know, uh, Paul McCallum is obviously the big name, but but What's the other lad up top? Walker, is it? That um, yeah, Josh yeah. Walker. Josh Walker. He's, how's how's he done so far? He's been firing
4: as well. Yeah, yeah. they really. Um, well, Blanters injury in the Stockport game—it's come as sort of a blessing in disguise in a way. It's allowed Josh Walker to get into the team, and his partnership with McCallum up front—they really complement each other. With McCallum sort of holding the ball up and him running off of Walker running off of him, so he's um, had a real, real big impact as well. And scoring quite
3: a few goals. And and come come the Wrexham game. You know, I I was trying to look at players to watch that maybe Wrexham fans don't know about. Mm-hmm. In in the game at home against Weymouth, the last game four two, we saw two goals from Will Wright. Talk yeah. about him and, and and kind of Wrexham fans who maybe aren't familiar with him his game. What's he like yeah, as a
4: player? Well he's come a long way. He was um the the summer just summer twenty twenty, he was released by the club and then um, re-signed by Daryl McMahon. And he's um, he's just worked really hard to get back into the team and he is now captain. He's um, a free, like, sort of a free-kick set-piece specialist. He scored directly from a corner and he has scored a free-kick this season. But he's also good at running out from centre-back into the midfield, sort of ball-playing defender and um, driving the team up the pitch.
3: So, Daryl McMahon, the manager, you know, highly rated at, at this level. What kind of football has he got you you lot playing? Because, you know, there's been some gripes at, at Wrexham that maybe the football that Phil Parkinson's played so far hasn't quite clicked with with the big-name players we've gone and got. Dagenham yeah. obviously scoring a lot of goals. We've seen three at Stockport, you know, four against Weymouth. <clears throat> you know, all the other kind of big free-scoring games. I'm trying to think of some of the other results, but... Um, you know, you've obviously scored a lot of goals, and, and maybe yeah. not focused too much on clean sheets. I'm not sure. I think you had one clean sheet so far away at Barnet.
4: Yeah, Barnet. Yeah, yeah
3: Barnet. So, is is it a very just will outscore you kind of philosophy? Just an attacking philosophy? Yeah,
4: what kind that's of... what that's what the fans have been demanding ever since. Um, we obviously had Peter Taylor going back a couple of seasons, and ever since he left, we've been wanting McMahon of a manager like that to come in and play attacking, exciting football and like you say, outscore the opposition as opposed to try and like um get get one in front and then just defend and park the yeah. bus. But the wing backs that the wing back system that Rands used and getting the team up the pitch and playing on the front foot is um it's really worked, yeah.
3: So is is that what you've been lining up as a sort of a three five two because that's that's how Wrexham have gone and obviously it would directly match Yeah, that exactly. that's um, where you've been going.
4: Yeah, we've gone um, three, 5 three-five-two. It'd be interesting to see actually on Saturday whether against a team like Wrexham whether McMahon sort of changes the tactics. I don't see why we be doing it's work so well. But um, yeah, whether he alters it slightly for the opposition, show like some respect to Wrexham, mm. perhaps. But half line at the moment, I think yeah. it would be uh, it would uh, silly to
3: change. It would be silly to change, as you say. And I think yeah. you, you say about. You know, Wrexham obviously are a big scalp this year just because of the the story mm. and everything. And obviously yeah. we've gone over it on the podcast many times. But what's been, what has been what have fans made of this very sort of stuttering start from Wrexham? It's, it's not like they've blown the league away and neither have Stockport, who you know, yeah. you've got three past. I mean, are people sort of daring to dream now that maybe Dagenham have just got all the tools there to to really have a good, good go at it?
4: Yeah, I mean our, our owners are loving it, obviously American owners as well, so mm. they're um um they're loving it. But um yeah, us ourselves, um, I think we're trying not to get too carried away as it is a very, very long season in the National League, and I'm sure of course the Wrexham fans will know. But um and Mars trying not to get too ahead of himself. But I think we we have just got confidence flowing throughout the team and the club at the minute, so um yeah, I think going into the game on Saturday, we are confident of um, putting on a good performance, but it's whether we can let too many goals in against Wrexham without um, playing. We've always gone behind in games so far, so if we can't get back into the Wrexham game because of the quality that you do have, even though you haven't had the best of starts.
3: Yeah, I, I noticed as well looking at that team that lined up against Weymouth is, it's not full of youngsters, you know, there's plenty of experience in there, people like Miles mm. Weston and, and others yeah. like that. Do you think that's been key? Because I find at this level, you know, we've just gone to Grimsby and got turned over 3-1. Yeah. Um, I find, that, like you say, it's such a grueling season that these kind of, you know, Elliot Justin, who's been around the block long enough, Miles yeah. Weston, Paul McCallum, you know, kind of others... Yeah, we- who in there? That's a ma- massively key, isn't it? as Sam Ling, another who is really highly rated.
4: Yeah, we've spent a couple of seasons trying to get that balance between the the youth and the experience in the league, as you say. Um, and we've been bringing that experience in. We've perhaps been overboard with that last season, and think McMahon realised that. It started to bring a couple of young younger players in, um, like George Saunders, into the team. Yeah. But also that experience from the players that um, did well at Barnet. And I think won that won the league in 2015. Lots of um, Callum Reynolds and Elliot Johnson and Mara Valetti as well, and Segaf
3: as well. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's it's hard to pick sort of any faults in in your style. like you say, you've mm-hmm. you've, you've not lost a game yet, and you you've you've done really well. But if Wrexham were looking for a glimmer of hope, uh, it wouldn't come in the fact that. You seem to have been well. You've been completely flawless on the road. Uh, you know all the away games. Mm. You've, you've gone and attacked and scored something like seven goals on the road so far. And it was it was that home game against Well Wellston. Wellston. Yeah. we never seem to get it right. But that was the one where you 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 hadn't just got the result there. So, what is it about on the road? Is it is, have you been able to counter attack effectively? You know how is it? How is this attacking philosophy understandable at home when obviously mm-hmm. you've got the crowd behind you, but away from home? You know, take, say for example that Stockport on the opening day, or you'd, you know you'd be expected to beat Kings Lynn and Barnet with all due respect. You'd be expected mm-hmm. to beat, yeah. Things, but, to, but to go to to Stockport and obviously it'll be Wrexham and then likes so of that. You've, you know, got Boreham Wood coming up and, and other trickier away games. Knotts County before the end of the year in November. What is it about those games? I mean. Like you say, it was the first game, so it was very tricky to tell, but Mahan didn't seem to go too conservative against Stockport because you, you went on and, and won the game comfortably.
4: Yeah, well, I think with that Stockport game, we went into that game thinking we could put, in, put on a good performance and there was um, not much to lose, really. But um, And I think from that, the confidence from that, Mahan's thought there is no reason to change it and we've always been able to come from a goal behind. <laughs>
0: So Tommy, you know, Dagenham are going to be confident going to this game, like we said, unbeaten. Wrexham's response, particularly after the Grimsby game, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because on one hand, we want to see Wrexham go out, go all attack, put on a show for the home crowd, but on the other hand, you're against probably the most deadly team in the league so far, so you've got to be safe at the back as well.
1: Yeah, it's... um, I I, I don't know. It depends on the mindset of the players. I don't know how they'd feel. Maybe they'd rather... Uh, perhaps an easier game coming out of the uh, coming after the Grimsby game but i think as fans you, you know you want to play these big games there'll be another massive crowd at the race course the atmosphere will be absolutely mm. buzzing like it was for the woking game so you know i think hey it's it's still early days we've got to get behind the lads and hey if we're 1-0 down after 20 minutes or so let's all get behind them because you know like i say it, it it's counterproductive to uh, to you know to, to get on the lads backs and stuff like that i've already seen a lot of nonsense being spoken um on social media it's usually me can can you all leave the nonsense to <laughs> me please from now on uh because yeah. some, some of the stuff after the grimsby game has, has been a joke to be honest some of the personal attack not personal attacks but some of the criticism i think has been a bit unjust Especially where
0: it's the first defeat of the yeah. season, isn't it? I mean yeah. it's the National League. I think some I know we've got a football league team, but we're still in this crap division yeah. and you can't expect to be watching Pro League football every week and every team loses matches. That's the other thing. We were never gonna be the invincibles, were we? You can't do that really in a forty six game season anyway. Yeah. Like I said, Grimsby are a decent side. Yeah, we should be doing a bit better there and you know it's it's the manner of the goals I think which has, you know, pissed quite a lot of fans off and mm. particularly can see them from our own corner when we were going for that that late equaliser or whatever, but it's, yeah, you know, who knows? There's so long to go now, yeah, isn't there as well, that it just seems too ridiculous to go too hard either way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, we all, we all do, don't we? We're all fans. We all get carried away from time to time either way. Um, but yeah, you know, listen, let's, let's get behind the lads on Saturday because, um, yeah, this, this, there's still so, so much to play. It's still so early in the season. And, um, and yeah, I, I I think you know, I think we've we've got we've got the makings there. We've got this sort of uh, you know, like I say, the personnel ready. Everything's everything's sort of set, ready to go. Let's just you know, it's up to his fans now to give him a bit of a boost and, you know, get behind him. I'll be getting behind him from the press box. I'll be doing a Glenn Little swinging my <laughs> scarf from the press box on Saturday, so uh, yeah, at the Reds.
0: Back the boys make some noise. We're gonna get some more viral videos this season as well.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, probably. uh I might be upsetting some more personnel from the club. I'm sure, but um <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think I'll, I think I'll uh, probably leave the swearing for now. I think, um you yeah.
0: know, leave that till Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll probably be
1: sacked by then, so don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. No, you'll be good. You'll be good. And like, like I said, from on behalf of Rexham and fans, we can't wait to see as outspoken as you. You know, fresh to the to the scene as well, and yeah, like you said, asking those sort of straight questions, which you know the fans want to see. But you know, uh, long live cows, We shall see. He's he's not going anywhere. cheese shall remain forever. But uh, Tom, thank you very much for joining us on Rob Ryan Red this week.
1: Listen, thanks very much for having me on, mate, and thanks for those kind words as well. I'm tearing up a little bit here, Rich. <laughs>
0: Told you it was going to get emotional. Yeah, thank you very much. Wherever you are in the world, wherever you are in, as it says, Hollywell or Hollywood, who knows where you could be. Thank you for joining us once again. Please do leave a like and subscribe if not. And like we said, we'll put Tom's uh, links in the description as well so I mean why wouldn't you be following him on Twitter anyway he's bigger than the club account I think <laughs> so, uh,
1: now bootlegger is you've got the wrong guy did you book the wrong guy yeah did you? I did
0: <laughs> yeah I did see that this week yeah. uh, someone calling you and bootlegger the two Wrexham legends and you were very uh, take that cry you didn't no. you didn't indulge in indulge. I mean that, b- but, between uh, the
1: two of us we've got 307,000 followers between the two of us so yeah uh, I mean sl- he's got 300,000
0: so yeah that know, was but... the joke there <laughs> okay I've ruined your punchline <laughs> haven't I Nah, yeah. So I record that again.
1: <laughs> nah, mate, that was uh, that was good. Keep that in. <laughs>
0: All right, we have to go now. We've got things to do. Take care. We'll see you at the racecourse on Saturday.
2: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However.
0: You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.